Okay, welcome back to Labor and Love Radio. That was a flight. That was La Bamba Rebelde by Las Cafeteras, a group that uh, group of people who just got together and formed a band with varying degrees of uh, musical ability. Uh, decided to form a band and uh, Cal State North Cal State Northridge. Anyway, Las Cafeteras with uh, La Bamba Rebelde, the resistance, the resistors bamba, you know, the rebel bamba, talking about el chicanismo and uh, organizing culture, cultural. Before that, we had Playing for Change with a great, great version of Honky Tonk Women. Just a group of guys standing around in the yard, you know, like uh, eight or ten guys of all different ethnicities and uh, clothing styles. I mean, you went from a guy with a tie, another guy with a button-down collar, like an Ivy League uh, shirt, and you went all the way to overalls, right? People in overalls. And... uh, singing Honky Tonk Women, which that version is probably closer to the original version as it was written uh, by, by the Rolling Stones and recorded uh, before a guy named Mick Taylor got a, got a hold of it. Taylor was a guitarist and turned it into uh, a total rhythm and blues classic. One of the real uh, all-time songs written by uh, the Rolling Stones, white people. And before that, we had John Prine with a beautiful, heartfelt kind of um, reminiscence about what it was like in paradise, a place in the country where his family used to go, and how the coal companies came in and wrecked it basically wrecked it poisoned it you know ripped it off very nice song paradise okay this is the B and you're on you're in labor and love well you're in labor and you're in love okay two things you gotta be in for labor and love I want to talk about a, a situation where this is a socialist worker and it's about local 804, a Teamsters union who uh, didn't like the agreement that the Hoffa leadership group brought to them. Um, and this is what it is. After months of contract negotiations between UPS and the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, the union's chief negotiator announced that the union had reached a preliminary agreement. Okay, so far so good, huh? But as soon as the details of the contract were released, Hoffa and his negotiating team faced scrutiny. The Reform Caucus... Teamsters United 
and the Longstanding Union Reform Organization, TDU, Teamsters for a Democratic Union, were not happy. TDU argued that teachers, that workers wanted stronger wage increases, more full-time jobs, clear language around managerial harassment, and an end to forced overtime that currently has many employees working up to 70 hours a week during peak season. The period between November and January when UPS experiences the highest shipping volume. Now, if you'll notice, <laughs> UPS's business lately has really picked up. You look around and there are boxes all over everywhere being delivered. Stuff that people are buying online. So these boxes arrive at your house because a UPS driver or one of the competing drayage uh, uh, companies, um, delivery companies, um, are, are delivering these boxes. Okay, it's more direct, but their business must have increased so much recently. Anyway, the agreement included a new two-tier system for drivers. Two-tier meaning new workers get paid less than new workers formally got paid. Okay, if you get, if you get uh, hired after this passes, then uh, you're getting less money, basically. You'll get less money. This is the way that companies try to save money. Uh, effectively paying one classification of workers less to perform the same job tasks as their full-time counterparts. The agreement also included a starting wage that falls $2 short of the union's proposed $15 per hour rate. That's how much those drivers, those UPS drivers are making $15 an hour, $13 an hour. Okay. To drive, uh, okay. Anyway, once the contract details were released, a number of union locals, locals began using TDU and TU materials to form vote no contract campaigns that were aimed at keeping the preliminary contract agreement from being ratified. Now, where was this campaign more successful than Local 804 in New York, where 95% of workers voted down the contract? Prior to the vote results, the success achieved by the Vote No campaign resulted in the contract committee refusing to accept any of UPS's proposed concessions during a three-day-long negotiation session over their contract supplement, which covers regional contract issues and additional provisions around pay and benefits. Negotiations of the supplement are still ongoing, but this show of force is a significant step ahead for the workers, whose aim is to win better wages and working conditions for the entire membership. 
by rejecting what they consider a concession, a contract. Once it became clear that Hoffa was pushing such a concessionary contract, UPS workers around the country began building a vote no campaign. Three days before the deadline of a proposed strike against Amazon, news broke that Amazon would implement a $15 minimum wage. Anyway, go ahead, read it under socialist workers. This is uh, workers who are fighting to make their unions more democratic and more progressive. This is where it's going to have to happen. When we save the earth, the way it's going to happen is that working people balance the, the weight of killing the earth or getting a paycheck next week by helping to kill the earth. Okay? Or save the earth. It's going to have to happen with working people. We're going to have to unhinge ourselves from the idea that doing someone else's work makes our sustenance, makes our survival. That link has to be broken. Okay, so that's what's happening Local 804. Let's listen now to Radio Labor. This is our weekly labor report from around the world. And it's designed to let you know that you're never alone, that all over the world every day working people are struggling against working conditions, against low wages, against no health plan or a, a crappy health plan all over the world. And they have been every day since the world began. This is Radio Labor. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, November 16th, 2018. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, a new global initiative aimed at equal pay for work of equal value. Hotel workers around the world are fighting back. The Labor Start reported about world union events and singing. When you're too old to work, too old to work. When you're too old to work and you're too young to die. This is Radio Labor. The United Nations and civil society groups, including labor unions, have committed themselves to equal pay for work of equal value by 2030. Radio Labor's Seamarie Ainsborough reports. Unions around the world are engaged in campaigns to win equal pay for work of equal value. Globally, women earn only 77 cents for every dollar that men earn. As a result, women spend whole lifetimes earning less than men and retire into poverty. The global wage deficit of 23% less for women is wider when women have children in countries where there is no adequate child care. For example, in sub-Saharan Africa, the wage deficit for women with children is 31%. For women without children, it's 4%. 
The pay gap is why the United Nations has declared, as one of its sustainable development goals, the achievement of equal pay for equal work by 2030. To attain the goal, the UN has initiated the Equal Pay International Coalition, EPIC. One of the partners in the coalition is the International Trade Union Confederation. The ITUC is the global body which represents national union centers such as the Ghana Trade Union Congress. Chidi King is the director of ITUC's Equality Department. In an interview with the UN's International Labour Organization, she was asked about the Equal Pay International Coalition, EPIC. I think EPIC is quite groundbreaking and seminal, and um, given that the role of the ITUC to represent workers in the workplace, then our involvement in this is key. Um, the persistence of the gender pay gap is perhaps the most tangible expression of discrimination against um, women in the workplace and the fact that no country has yet managed to tackle this, the fact that um, as trade unions we still need to bring this to the fore in our collective bargaining agendas means that being part of EPIC, of the Equal Pay International Coalition, can be um, extremely useful um, for us. Ms. King was asked what the ITUC is doing to support Equal Pay. The ITUC and our members, because it's really our members who do the heavy lifting on the ground, um, are working very hard in terms of informing, first of all, um, our membership about their right to equal pay for work of equal value. We're educating our members about the concept of equal pay for equal value because it's still a concept that is um, very much misunderstood, um, what it means to value um, jobs performed by women um, in the same way that we would value equivalent jobs that are being performed by men is not um, always an easy concept to understand. We're engaging, of course, in social dialogue with um, employers and to help them also understand how in putting in place policies and practices that will promote gender equality, including equal pay for equal value benefits and the employer, as well as, of course, the workforce and contributes to um, sound industrial relations. We're um, pushing the issue up our collective bargaining um, agendas to ensure that it's part of the negotiations that trade unions um, are involved in because um, all research um, continues to show that where um, there are unions in place, where there's collective bargaining on pay, then the gender pay gap tends to be um, narrower. And of course we're working in terms of advocacy with governments to ensure that the right policies um, and laws are in place to encourage um, equal pay for work of equal value. And when we talk about policies, we talk about, of course, employment policies, but also social policy, including, for example, policies related to um, care and family responsibilities and balancing those with work. But we're also talking about macroeconomic policies because this also go, goes to the heart of achieving um, pay equity or equal pay for work of equal value. Ms. King was asked what needs to be done to ensure equal pay for work of equal value. We need to do a lot more. Um, as I already mentioned, making sure that this features, deliberately making sure that this features on collective bargaining um, agendas, because it's still too often missing, is one of the key things that workers' organisations can do. And then looking at how workplace policy functions and ensuring that the proper policies are in place that are going to encourage and foster um, the achievement of equal pay for work of equal value. So that's not just in looking at um, pay scales and making sure that these are gender neutral. 
and it, it really involves making sure that um, we ourselves are educated and understand um, what we mean by this concept of equal pay for work of equal value. Hotel workers all over the world are fighting back against precarious work, unsafe conditions, and sexual harassment. For example, in the United States, 8,000 workers went on strike against Marriott hotels recently, and some are still on the picket lines. The Global Union for Hotel Workers, as well as other food and hospitality sectors, is the IUF. The IUF represents more than 10 million workers who are members of unions in 128 countries. Recently, it held a week of action to support hotel workers. I talked to Massimo Frattini about the week of action. Mr. Frattini is the coordinator for the IUF's hotel, restaurant, and tourism sectors. I asked him what the union does during the week of action and why. We do a series of actions. First of all, we highlight the issue. We would like to inform uh, union members, co-workers, who sometimes are not aware of the risk or, or how tough is this job, but also customers. Uh, it is very important to tell customers that hotel housekeepers is very demanding. So in many places, in many, many countries, hotel housekeepers as part of their normal action go to the hotel and distribute leaflets to customers to tell how tough is the job in order to, to, to highlight the issue. For example, one, one tip, one suggestion they give to customers is if you have your towel replaced, don't leave it on the, on the floor, but put it in the basin so uh, we don't have to bend and hurt our, our back uh, and it will be anyway replaced. So there are just a few suggestions to highlight the type of job. What we do also is to share the information, share all the stories coming from hotel housekeepers, share the challenges, but also share the victories they achieve. So in order to promote what they do globally, so someone can get an example, can benefit from experience from someone else as well, and that will be very important to us. Uh, we also promote the campaign towards uh, the institutions, the ILO, UNWTO, Again, this is to highlight how tough is the job and that uh, we need different policies. But I think that the, the important part is to negotiate with companies, uh, either global level and national and local level, to negotiate different policies, uh, for example, the policies uh, against sexual harassment, uh, uh, on health and safety, help hotel keepers to improve their work, to fight against outsourcing, uh, and to create a network of housekeepers ready to campaign, ready to support each other when something happens in a country. What are some of the basic issues facing hotel workers? There are different issues. There are some related to employment, uh, which means housekeepers suffer from precarious jobs, uh, seasonal labor and subcontracting. There are others which are related to working conditions, for example, heavy workloads or fast pace, they are requested to, to work. And also from um, uh, workplace hazards, lipid flows, exposure to toxic chemicals and biological hazards, uh, poor work design, for example, rooms are designed for guests, not for housekeepers, but then they have to clean those rooms. Uh, lack of uh, ergonomically designed work equipment. And then there is one uh, common uh, issue, which is the denial of basic human rights, the denial of freedom association and denial of the right to bargain collectively. 
we now have also a, a major issue that all hotel housekeepers are starting to raise, that is sexual harassment. It has been there for, for forever, but now they are more confident to raise it, they are more confident to speak up. Uh, this is also because of the Me Too movement, uh, and uh, so we are raising this as a global issue for all hotel housekeepers and the workers in, uh, in general. With his report about union events around the world, here is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a tiny sample of the hundreds of union news stories in 31 languages added to our site each day last week. Our top stories section included links to coverage of the militant resistance to anti-union sackings by Coca-Cola's Indonesian bottler, the assassination of a Turkish union leader, and an attack on a trade union leader in Kazakhstan. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. Rotating post office strikes continued in Canada as pressure for a legislated end to the strike from corporations like eBay and Amazon increased. Iranian steel workers continued their walkout over a wide variety of issues while teachers began a series of sit-ins at schools across the country. Public sector workers in Greece held a one-day walkout as part of their campaign to make up for years of International Monetary Fund imposed austerity. A wage dispute meant that aircraft were receiving no maintenance services at Algeria's largest airport this week. Tax inspectors in Malta escalated their wage dispute into a work stoppage. Late this week, Australian logistics workers celebrated a victory in their wage dispute. A strike by hotel workers across the United States continued. South African municipal workers were off the job to demand wages owed to them. And this week, Slovenian police were considering stepping up their strike action as their work-to-rule campaign has not generated the wage increase their union is looking for. Our top working women's stories included coverage of the recent women's conference of a major Spanish trade union which recommitted the union to the struggle against gender violence, the huge and only slowly shrinking gender pay gap in Australia, and a new program of cooperation between unions representing the mostly women cotton plantation workers in Pakistan. The free health and safety newswire we offer in cooperation with Hazards Magazine carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the breast cancer cluster discovered amongst Canadian customs officers. Union calls for investigations into a series of horrific truck crashes in Australia and the terrible toll paid by construction workers on a major project in Serbia. Currently, Labor Start is running three online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackheader from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is the American folk singer Joe DeLazer with Too Old to Work and Too Young to Die. You work hard for a living until you get old. And sometimes they push you right out of the cold When you're working times through you don't want charity You'd like to retire with some dignity And you're too old to work Too old to work When you're too old to work And you're too young to die Who will take care of 
you how you get by when you're too old to work and you're too young to die. They put horses to pasture, they feed them on hay. Even machines get retired someday. The boss gets a pension when he is too old. You helped him retire, you're out in the cold. And you're too old to work, too old to work when you're too old to work, and you're too young to die. Who'll take care of you? How you get by when you're too old to work, and you're too young to die? There's no easy answer. There's no easy cure. Dreaming won't change it. That's one thing for sure. But fighting together, we'll get there someday. And when we have won, we'll no longer say too old to work, too old to work. When you're too old to work and you're too young to die, who'll take care of you? How'll you get by when you're too old to work and you're too young to die? When you're too old to work and you're too young to die. And that's it. International labor news you can use. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor.
gambling. Stop your gambling. Stop staying out late at night. Go home to your wife and your family. Stay there by your fireside Me siento volador 
Peguéle bute esas teclas, ya estoy aviado. Peguéle bute esas teclas, que ya estoy volado. Amen. What a great way to put it. Joe Glazer. Um, let's run that over again. I think I had the mic off, actually. We had Lalo Guerrero with the Marijuana Boogie. We had uh, Ronnie Gilbert and Judy Collins singing The Weavers. Big hit. Irene Goodnight. And we had Joe Glazer. Too old to work, too young to die. Perfectly stated. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Joan Baez. And the reason Joan Baez comes up is that last night she sang one of her farewell tour, Folk Icons, Artistry, Integrity, Undiminished in on final tour. 
uh, Joan Baez, who is so important to my generation, certainly, um, and to all, I think, future generations as well. She um, was born in the East. Let's see. Staten Island, New York in 1941. Her father moved to California. Okay, she, Joan Baez graduated from Palo Alto High. I guess not many people knew that anyway. Um, they were Quakers. While growing up, Baez was subjected to racial slurs and discrimination due to her Mexican heritage. Consequently, she became involved in a variety of social causes. She declined to play in any white student ventures that were segregated, which meant, meant that when she toured the southern states, she would only play at black colleges. Graduated uh, Palo Alto High in 1958. Um, Social justice, she stated in the PB series American Masters, is at the core of her life, looming larger than music. So, Baez, all, all through her time as a, a public figure, let's say, um, talked about social justice. It was a reality for her. Let's play something else by her. We played Joe Hill. Always, always, always a crusader for peace, nonviolence. Sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind, wo sind sie geblieben? Sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind, was ist geschehen? Sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind, Mädchen flüchten sie geschwind. Wann wird man je verstehen? Wann wird man je Sagt mir, wo die Mädchen sind, wo sind sie geblieben? Sagt mir, wo die Mädchen sind, was ist geschehen? Sagt mir, wo die Mädchen sind, wenn allen sie geschwind, wann wird man je verstehen? Wann wird man je Sagt mir, wo die Männer sind, wo sind sie geblieben? Sagt mir, wo die Männer sind, was ist geschehen? Sagt mir, wo die Männer sind, zogen fort, der Krieg beginnt. Wann wird man je verstehen? Wann wird man je? Thursday. 
Soldaten sind, was ist geschehen? Sagt, wo die Soldaten sind, über Gräbe weht der Wind. Wann wird man je verstehen? Wann wird man je Tobias grew up out here. Her parents were afraid that if she got involved with rhythm and blues, she'd become a drug addict, like so many parents at the time. But someone bought her a ukulele, and a relative took her to a concert by Pete Seeger, and she was strongly moved by his his music, his uh, approach social justice um, a retreat at she had her f played first in Saratoga and uh, in front of a youth group she the f her father moved to MIT so they they went to live in uh, Massachusetts and Baez had eight people come to her first gig uh, she thought about changing her name to Mariah like at that time there was a hit called They Called the Wind Mariah. So she, she got involved. I think this is really important about Joan Baez that she got involved in the Eastern folk scene by being there. And she uh, met people like Odetta. She said Odetta was the main influence on her singing uh, So um, she later met people like Bob Gibson, one of the most prominent vocalists singing folk and gospel, and he invited Baez to sing with him at the 1959 Newport Folk Festival. And uh, they called her a barefoot Madonna. And uh, she signed... Uh, she signed a uh, 
contract with Vanguard Records. Let's play something else by her. This, of course, is a classic. We play this often. Goodbye to my 
Joan Baez sat there, uh, started out with Zachmia Vodi Blumensind, um, very well-known, uh, Where Have All the Flowers Gone, Song for Peace, written by, the words were written by Pete Seeger uh, from a Russian novel. He got the idea from reading a Russian novel. Zachmia Vodi Blumensind, particularly uh, compelling, I think, when it's sung in German, as as she did. She she sang, they say, in six different languages, and one was fluent in Spanish. Her father was um, Mexican, and her mother was uh, white. Let's see. Okay. Her father grew up in Brooklyn, New York, where her fa his father preached to and advocated for a Spanish-speaking congregation. Albert Baez turned to the study of mathematics and physics and got a degree in st at Stanford in 1950, later credited as co-inventor of the X-ray microscope. Joan's mother was Joan Bridge, born in Edinburgh, Scotland. Uh, when Joan Baez began recording, I remember uh, she sang a lot of, um, well, you know, old folk songs like uh, From the Child Ballads, that collection of, um, of old ballads. Um, I remember uh, Mary Hamilton is a famous one and uh, several others. So Joan Baez, we could go on. We haven't even touched the surface. What did we play? We played um, Birmingham Sunday. Um, about the horrific bombing that killed four little girls in uh, Birmingham in the 1960s. One of her nicest, best songs, I think. Um, and you're just deportees, which if you listen to the show, you probably hear it <laughs> a lot. 
um, Baez was one of the first to sing that in on, a, on an album. So Joan Baez, uh, maybe we'll do some more Joan Baez next week, but uh, she is having her farewell tour now. And what do we got? Want better sex? Try socialism in these times. An attention-getting attention getting headline in why women have better sex under socialism. Kristen R. Godsey argues that economic independence for women not only helps all of society, it improves heterosexual relationships too. Feminists have often felt neglected or patronized by socialists. A good portion of feminist writing and politics in the 70s and 80s, for example, dealt with women's experience of condescension from socialists, some of whom saw feminists as a form of identity politics that distracted from the real issues of economic and class inequality in capitalist societies. Kristen Gotze, author of Why Women Have Better Sex Among Under Socialism and Other Arguments for Economic Independence, is of a younger generation. One sees that feminism is central to socialism. This book that grew out of a New York Times op-ed piece that went viral starts with a study of socialist states in Eastern Europe and their transition to forms of capitalism. She charts a history in which plans and policies concerning women in countries like the Soviet Union and Bulgaria were central to visions of the future, the plans for full employment and a flourishing economy. So socialism and feminism are both against the same thing and want to achieve the same thing. I don't advocate a return to any form of 20th century state socialism, she says. Godsey's focus in the second half of the book on sex and sexual relations emerges elegantly from the argument she has developed that a feminist politics is central to socialism because it cannot avoid its foundation in economic principles. So long as women are economically dependent on men, there can be no equality. Without such equality, heterosexual relationships will suffer, and so will the experience of sex itself. Hear, hear. Want better sex? Try socialism. Well, looking at the clock here, it's about quarter to 12. Um... This is Labor and Love, the show where we tell you how it is. Um, I'm trying to think if we got to everything we wanted today. John Prine, we played Paradise, a beautiful song about land that is ruined by coal mining. We had a Joan Baez kind of honoring Joan Baez today, tribute, and played four or five of her songs. We had Play for Change with their beautiful rendition of 
honky-tonk women. And if you can, uh, get online on YouTube and find the video for that song. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, we dealt with Neil Young and his presidential impeachment song. 804, rejecting Hoffa's proposed agreement. Radio labor. Hotel strike. Better sex. Yeah, we got that. And uh, this is the B. And let's go out with uh, Joan Baez, huh? Sacco and Vanzetti, the shoot workers who were accused of. And it is one part of a three-part song that was written for the movie Sacco and Vanzetti. Murder. They were probably our. They were accused of murder and theft. In this country. On trumped-up charges. Reason, so to speak. And murdered because they were uh, Italian anarchists, and basically. All the words are taken from letters from Vanzetti. This is the B signing off. Remember, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. Remember, if you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table where you work, you're on the menu. Never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. Let's see if we can read a credo here. immensity of strength and power against us is the law police know how to make a man a guilty can I tell you a secret I don't even care if they're undocumented immigrants in this country without social security numbers they they aren't privy to the welfare people claim they get The reason against us is the racial hatred and the simple fact
Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2019. Applications open until November 30th for 25 shows in five days. 40 comics chosen March 1st through 5th, 2019 for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's our fourth annual, and we hope you apply from whatever part of the nation or international comedy scene you come from. Apply now through November 30th. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, for more details. Aloha, mutineers. Stolowitz here. People ask me, Dave, why do you spend so much time listening to mutinyradio.fm? Well, the answer's simple to me. It's the love I find here. We've got so many great programs here. There's something for everybody, surely. Well, maybe not the Hitler crew, but you know everyone else. Let me tell you about some of my favorite shows here at Mutiny you may not have heard about. Labor and Love with Bill Morgan is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Bill is passionate about labor, jazz, and solidarity, and he tells you how it is. No BS. If somebody gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. I always learn a lot from Labor and Love. It's educational and inspirational. The Common Thread Collective is every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. with legendary octogenarian Haight-Ashbury activist Diamond Dave. With help from his friends, Dave talks news, wisdom, progressive activism, and spirituality. There's also open mic time for music, poetry, and stories. Comics gotta hold off till happy hour, though. Oh, and check out Flat Black Plastic with Scott Walker, Saturdays from noon to 2. The title says it all, classic vinyl albums with no apologies. Great stuff! You can listen in live to these fine programs on mutinyradio.fm or download the podcast at your convenience on Apple iTunes. What a deal! Authentic, real San Francisco love. That's what keeps our ship afloat. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship 
as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com at mutinyradio.fm it's a great place to listen to crazy things Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... The 
let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We watch the best movies that uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen. By uh, here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch. friends out at mutiny radio just a hey people flat flap like plastic is a show you're listening to on mutiny radio.fm <laughs> Turn towards me, 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 me
You know, uh, I heard Siri was, I've asked Siri a lot of questions and some of them have been like answers that no, you know, it's starting to have, it's, you know, it's not like that weird doll that said, I want to kill all humans. You know, that one robot thing. Yeah. What was her name again? Uh, the doll that wanted to kill all humans. No, there's, a, uh, there's this one, there's thing where it goes, it kind of, it talks and it looks like a mannequin a little bit and it asks this question. It has a brain. I'll punch it up you, dude. This is some trippy shit. And she's like, and she goes, I mean, that was my attempt at humor, but she was trying to be funny, but she's like, I'm going to kill you all, you know, kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Sophie or so Sophia. Sophia. That's weird, right? Yeah, Sophia's a name. And then they had those love dolls that everybody just basically abused. They were like, it's not alive. It's fine. I could just punch her in the titty. And, you know, like they, were, they, they would fuck it up. Hey, look, I'm going to break an arm off. Yeah, that's just Yeah, I mean, I mean it's because they're monster cock. Yeah, that's what's happening. She's like, just certain whatever. That was, she, her name, she had this name. And it was like, they put a couple of models out there and people basically maybe it was a, a test i don't know but it is kind of weird how you can do it and you say so you say siri is is god now siri is like god god like uh, but what if all the electricity in the world turned off then there would be no siri then there would be no siri it would be awesome wouldn't it that would be amazing it'd be like a return to like island somewhere between island of dr moreau uh, you know that one? Oh yeah and, oh and uh planet of the apes yeah, that wouldn't be fun. Yes, unless you were an ape, right? Because you'd be fucking human chicks, and you'd be like, yeah, doing it, doing it. Big gorilla. I'm already as big as a gorilla. That's fine. <laughs> Isn't that funny, though? You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Taking AIDS, Roxy. What? I don't have AIDS. What? And you're talking about primates fucking humans. Is that what created AIDS? Uh, some sort of chimpanzee. I don't know. Somewhere along. Somebody, How do you know? You don't know. Somebody fucked a monkey. Hey, and this is a, this is a commercial for Roxy Rose Magic Snake Oil. Because you, if you could be as baked as Al Alvaro right now, you'd be. You'd actually have gotten a pretty fucking good deal out of your day. Totally. Yeah, you're feeling good. You know, and you can't like you can't fake that kind of stuff. Because I know how people have eaten edibles, and I've been like, not feeling it, dude. I'm sitting there going, I'm munching them. Then the, the one time that you start, you know, because I used to be like, can't get me. I can eat any edibles. And that one time when it hits you, like. You know that because I was I was at my bed I, I kind of was like there was no food I was at this party the only thing that they had it wasn't vegan but it wasn't meat were these herb cookies and it was made by some burners you know so they probably really I just was macking them you know one after another now when I, I I got to my house I could I I was like I can't move I was like I was like I can't move it was like kind of scary but I was laughing I was like ah so I try to get down the hall it's like kind of like. You know, like it was unbelievable, but high. You know, like I was like, I was like, I almost had a marijuana overdose. I, I haven't been that high in so long. It's been, yeah, but you, you had one like that once. Well, when I was younger, yeah, because it kind of hit you because you weren't like the, the bull you are now. Now, if it's just too powerful, I just go to sleep. I just take a nap. I know, isn't that cool about being old? <laughs> you like instead, instead of having like this traumatic experience and having to go, oh my child, they ate all these edibles. Oh my god, and you know, like there's this thing, and you're almost gonna die because of course you ate too many. There's no such thing as a marijuana overdose. Hungry, out there. happy, sleepy, horny. That's it. Wow, all at once, man. This guy's a this is a party waiting to happen. Ladies, if you just want to ride the stallion and then just not have a guy to talk to tonight because he, he's not going to bother you with conversations or cuddling. Yeah, I'm just going to pass out. It's yeah. going to be great. <laughs> then you can even just like bitch slap his balls and, and and like, you know what? He won't he won't wake up. He won't wake up. So, 
If you've ever wanted to pitch slap a dude in the balls, now's your chance. Now's your chance. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just, you know, every day I send the 10 teams to come up with some imagery that nobody's ever really said exactly before. Like, bitch slapping balls or fucking God in the mouth. Like, I, I'm thinking about just fucking God in the mouth. Jesus, I, what, Jesus came in my mouth one time. And what happened after that? I called it filet mignon. Filet mignon. Wow, this guy, I mean, I'm going to get him this stone every day. This is going to be cool because it's like kind of like, no matter what you say, it's funny because it got like that kind of cool stoner Spicoli thing going like, yeah, that's true, Mr. Hand. You remember that? That fast <laughs> time? Hello, he's got that. That's, that's, uh, you ever surfed before? Yeah, sir. What was that like? That's. I've never surfed. i got to be honest. It's, it's probably one of those singularly most... Uh, how did this hit? Exhilarating. Deeply affecting experiences in my life. Was it sensual? Essential? Um, I don't know about sensual, but it's very exhilarating. Um, it's invigorating. I like that. Exhilarating and, invigor- and invigorating. Yeah. But just I don't know. Just to be standing on water and to be pushed by this tremendous... You feel like the silver surfer a little bit? You know who that is? Yeah. For Marvel? Yeah. You, you, were, you, were you a big comic book? You feel kind of super when you're on top of that wave. So. so you actually were pretty good at it. You actually got up on a wave. Yeah. And because I mean I I would I just haven't done it. What about skydiving? Skydiving. Sky I'm not gone skydiving. My God, my friend, dick just lost his heart on me. My good friend Dan Podwell you know, is an avid. I made my microphone. I met that. Dan Podwell's an avid skydiver. I am not. You just met him, right? No, you know Dan. No, I've known Dan for years. Danny, I mean, he's the kind of guy who goes, "Whoa, got my, my parachute just ready to go," you know, and he'd have it just fully rigged. His brain would be so acute at that moment. He's like, "Well, if it doesn't work, it's not my fault." Right? Totally. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I'm going to die, but I know I did everything I could. And he'd be like, and he'd feel satisfaction as he was going to die. You know, he wouldn't be, I don't think he's the kind of guy who goes, goes, scream like a little girl. I think he would just be like, well, Danny, nice knowing you. Gotta go. Now, Dan doesn't live with Dan with doubt in his heart. He, he lives with a sure hand. I think, I think he would still be trying to save himself no matter what until the end. And he'd be like, I'm going to figure this out. He'd be looking at, you know, he'd like, I'd be Dan would not. I, I, would, I would have the shit. I would just have that, the, the world's ultimate anxiety attack. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be like, ah! And it would just, it would be over. It'd be cool. Be shitting yourself. It'd be terrible. No poo. No poo. I, I would hold on to the poo. Because I mean, I know that would come out later, but I just don't want, I don't want to have like, it'd be uncomfortable and I'll be just having thinking about it. So I'd probably just hold it in. I, I don't know how I'd do it. It's one of those things like, you know, like when you get hung, you're supposed to crap yourself too. That would be cool, right? Like you're hanging and it's bad enough to humiliation, but then you crap your pants in front of the whole town square. Snap your neck, shit yourself. That's how life goes. Yeah. You know what? They're really trying to put it to you. You know, they're like, they're like, you're not even going to hang yourself. You have a dirty panties. Yeah. That's not good. Unless maybe they put, now I think when they hang people, they probably just put depends on them just to make sure the cleanups the a little Maybe. It's only a dollar. How much does one depend cost, right? Come on. Uh, Come on, America. Kick down. It's like, we're going to hang you. Can you put these diapers on, please? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, not wear any clothes but the diapers. That would be so cool. (laughs) They're like, you know, we're going to electrocute you now. Can you put on some diapers? <laughs> That's true. Like, what, 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 okay, let's go there. Last meal, what would you have? Ooh, Not- last meal? I would have to say some of my mom's lasagna. Whoa, that's that's a guy who loves his mom, man. I'm really impressed. Are you Italian? Partially. Yeah, because yeah, I'm Italian. Everybody on these coast is Italian. You know, if you know, pizza, pizza is like the mother's titty. Like, you, know, you see a little kid noshing on a fucking uh, crust like a t- six months old. <laughs> Get it down. So that's a really beautiful thing. I wish I could say that about my mom's cooking. We had some dishes she really loved. It wasn't that I didn't like it. It was just they're more meat-oriented, and they always were. My dad needed meat every meal. Meat. 
But it's kind of the same way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you ever yeah. felt bad about the animals you had, the, so you could eat them? Or? Uh, it's just, you know. Do you ever have you ever? I mean, it's even as a little when you're starting acid, whatever you do, you start getting a little more conscious and you say, oh, all these ham sandwiches I'm eating are actually a dead pig. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to care because like pigs are obnoxious too. You ever seen them eat a pig? They're not fun. Eat the pig before the pig eats you. I know because they would if they could. Because they would if they could. And all animals too. Like I've thought about territorial stuff too because it's like, you know, like you think about like other animals will kill other animals if they're, they're in their area. What's the difference between that and war? You know, the war of, of countries, you know, it's the same idea of territory so I can survive. And this is my, and it can even be out of ego for some animals. They're like, that's my territory. They might actually kill somebody of in land that they don't actually even go to that much if they see somebody on them. They spray it, they, they piss on this little Yeah, and, and the animals are like that. So why are we any different? That's what I'm trying to say. So you start seeing behavioral patterns that say, this is evil. It's, it's uh, violent. And you say that if you come from this planet, I mean, all the other animals are hella more violent than we are. First and foremost, in almost any type capacity, they're going to kill each other and eat each other. Like every, every, almost every fish in the sea eats each other. And they're all swimming each other's poo too, right? Think about it. Depending on how big they are. It's absolutely. a big toilet bowl, right? They're just like sitting there like, you know, a shark eats a fucking bunch of fish, takes shit, just swimming right on it. And it's kind of weird, right? Yeah, it filters out though. That's a big it's, But it's kind of just a giant toilet bowl. The worth is a giant toilet bowl. Yeah, well, we're... Wow, that's really, that's uplifting. That's the kind of day it's been, huh? Yeah, that's the kind of day we had. It was the world is shit. Thank the world you. is a toilet bowl. Look, seagulls will just go, oh, shit, cool. They'll eat it too. <laughs> like, seagulls gotta be this time. They can't kill anything. The they're these weird... Shit, darling. Yes. No, but think about these animals that are scavengers. Like, they, they're, they're basically dependent on somebody else killing something. They're kind of shit out of luck if somebody don't kill something. Well, you know, you gotta kill to feed the tribe, you know? Think about, though, that existence where, like, you couldn't go find your own food and the only way you could do it is somebody else kills something. That's heavy, dude. That would be like just every day of the life of just surviving would be just madness. Now, insects can eat anything. There's a lot of them that are just going to eat live or whatever's happening. But just those weird jackals. Like, why can't jackals kill their own other people? Why do, they don't do yeah, it. Yeah, like if you were living out in the wild and you were stranded. Hyenas, I think, kill things. I think hyenas are pretty like good. If, like if you were stranded out in the wild, there's no way you would be able to find enough vegetation to fucking sustain yourself. You'd but I would have to go, depend on another animal to kill it first. You'd have to go kill another animal. Yeah, I'd have to be able to kill... An animal, but I'm saying I wouldn't. But yeah, you're missing the point. Like when you have to like, like basically, uh, was a hopscotch. Mm-hmm. You, know, you just you, know, you have to jump over. No, whatever. Uh, what, piggy, what is that thing? Piggy, how do you do that when you jump over somebody? What was that called again? Leapfrog. No, yeah, thank you. Sound like leapfrog. There you go. Uh, shoots and ladders. We're going that far back. But I'm saying if you had to actually leapfrog onto your meal, it just would be just crazy. Why? Why would God create these animals that can't kill their own food? Uh, so they can be eaten. But they're not being eaten. They're eating stuff that other people are eating. Uh, they're killing. It's just really just madness. And I say... Which animals are you specifying, though? I'm saying like vultures, for example. No, vultures don't kill. They just look for road uh, things. They live off of what land animals kill. Well, that, every animal has a niche, and the vulture's niche is to eat dead things. Like, just like at the bottom. Oh, it's so gross. So it's dead for a while, too. I think that's a, some of that shit is like... Just, just like in the ocean, you have bottom feeders. You have crabs. You have others. And they just of, eat... Po- they probably eat the yeah, poo that yeah, goes yeah, down yeah, there. They're just macking up yeah, poo. Yeah, they, they, eat all the dead, <laughs> they eat all the dead whales that sink to the bottom. All the... They do? Yeah. What, so a dead whale just dies and it goes to the bottom? I heard they wash ashore. No, right. not necessarily. No, some of them don't make it that far into shore. Or they're so far out there that they they're just They're so far, there. they just sink, and then there's just crabs and all sorts of like weird... like. But so is there constant... There. It must be just crazy. Yeah. That just existence could have evolved out of nothing. The blackness. There we were. No existence. And all of a sudden, there's existence. It seems really hard to believe. Who's writing to me here? 
That's my wife. I'm sending you a picture of the building. I think she wants us to come see the dance performance. You want to go see the dance? Sure, why not? I don't, he does, I don't know if he does, but he wants to look at some... some uh, they do a couple splits. There's one girl I think is, gets naked. She's oh, cool. It's cool. You know, if you tell guys, hey, there's going to be naked girls, uh, and they'd definitely be down. We just started getting flow in here. It took us two years. It was, it was like that long foreplay. Like you wear the girl, you kind of finger banging her for 45 minutes or something and kissing her and stuff. Then you go, okay. Now I'm going to go down to the titties, right? You go, oh, yeah, these titties are amazing. I've done that for about a half hour. Then you got to go, okay, now I'm going to come all the way down to your box. You know, and then you know I'm worshiping you, girl. And that's what this conversation was like with Alvaro Andres. So I thought, oh. I'm going to play some electronica here if I can before uh, it all ends and uh, just go to hell. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens. We're just, kinda, we're just starting to get talking about stuff. And that's kind of stuff I normally would talk about. But we're going to see, let's see the Zoom play. Check this out. I did this. That's why my student, I just did it. I'm going to play a little clip of it. I'm not going to be a lot of it. I'm getting, you know, should I just scat the lyrics? I don't know. Should I do it? Tell me. Call it 5 5. <laughs> okay. Let's see. I'm not going to do it. I can do it. Can't do it on here. No. Never said I would. But then it came on. Another picture, another picture of you. Something like that, but it was a lot more, it was a lot more alive. See, that was good, you almost could feel it. It was good. Okay, good. I'll give you a little sample. That's all you get, a little taste. Oh, yeah. Isn't that cool? Now, nobody would think about Roxy Roller would make music like that. That's the joy of being Roxy Roller, is that I don't, Derek has this preconceived notion of me. That's one of my joys. Also, just that people think, I do a lot of things I don't do. I've heard stories. And I've been like, they could not be further from the truth. I mean, I, I don't think anybody's ever said I'm down with Trump because that would just be like madness and I just, they would just, that would be, what can you say on that one? But I've heard of dead things, just a lot of things, but just, you know, music, uh, spirituality, uh, they usually see your exterior in life and people do that on purpose to some degree. Mostly we do have these facades. Or just like an image you're trying to uphold in a, a community if you're going to be like, I'm going to church. And you know, one of those things like that. So, uh, oh, that was kind of like release. I mean, the songs want to be way better than that. A little bit more like Wolfsheim, a band that does, does a song called When I... Hey, can you punch up Wolfsheim? We'll do it. It's a song called When You're... Uh, I Find You're Gone. And we're going to play that one because you're going to find us gone after this. We're going to maybe see if we're going to go to dance. But Wolfsheim, W-O-L-F for you kids at home. Uh, one word, S-H-I-E-I-M, I think. It'll punch up. I find you're gone. A Wolfsheim? Yeah, yeah, Wolfsheim. Wolfsheim. Yeah, it should be there. Find you're gone, should be there. Find your gun right there, Dad. Find your gun. I'm gonna play this. I'm gonna check in with my wife. We're talking about some cool stuff, and uh, we just got cooking. So um, we'll be back next weekend. I'm gonna do everything I can for you people out there to make the show everything it can be. Wolf shot.
I wake up, I find your gun There should be grief, but I fear none I'm trying to leave the night behind I hardly get my thoughts in line But there is one thing I could say It seems I'm glad I find your gun Shine with I Find Your Gun. One of the most inspiring uh, videos I'd seen, and uh, when it goes from a song that says, I find you're here, and I find you're gone. And it's got about an eight minute song altogether. But it was one of the more inspiring videos the way it was put together. So go, do yourself a favor, go check it out. Wolfsheim, uh, W O L F S H E I M, I think, and I find you're gone. They're from Germany, they're real cool. 
And that's kind of what I patterned this last song after. So, um... Oh, you're not playing Creed, dude. Playing Creed. Oh my God, he's gonna play Creed. No, I'm not playing Creed. Oh my God, you're so fired. That's it. Just had the fucking wrong song. Type. No, no, not okay. Not okay even to see that word. <laughs> That's a. What's, what's that song? Uh, Everything within my arms. Uh, what song? By who? Okay, go Ted Nugent Stranglehold. Just, just goes cut to the chase. Ted Nugent. Yeah, Stranglehold. Do you know the song? Alright, we're just going there. This has been a Ted Nugent Stranglehold uh, hour. And if you don't know this song, you have to hear this, dude. I mean, you like really are ripping. I gotta really educate this guy. Seriously, just some serious riffing. This is Ted Nugent Stranglehold. Oh, yeah. Even you know, no matter if this guy beats up women or, or eats a lot of animals. I don't think he beats up women at all, but he's like, he's kind of said some racial things, and I'll, I will preface it with that. But that don't mean shit compared to this riff. And it's just people like, you know, uh, there's a lot of, um, I'm not going to go to the race thing. I'm not going to go there. But everybody's got a lot of have everybody. So and uh, he just only, it's just it's some comment that's just not politically correct. Ted Nugent, Stranglehold, baby. You gotta love this shit.
Yeah, Ted Nugent bringing it. Bringing it home. He's going to try to punch up this one song. We're going to close it out. Uh, thank you for listening. If you did, um, we'll be back next week with, with way more pop and this pep in the step. What do you got here? Who is it? Enjoy the science of oh, Depeche Mode. Awesome. And he said Depeche. I say Depeche. We got Depeche happening here. Ted Nugent to Depeche. I think the first time in radio history the two bands were combined on one show. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Depeche Mode and Ted Nugent? That is, that is madness. That's a first. Yeah, that, that is a first. Thank you. Okay, let's, let's do it. Hey, you got your mic up. What song are we going to listen to? Enjoy the silence by Depeche Mode. Enjoy that silence. Enjoy it.
All right, guys, we're not off air. It's another Sunday here in the Mission District, and uh, I'm getting ready for my show. And, of course, finally, now, now, it wants to reboot. So that's a beautiful thing. Uh, we had our computer hijacked. I had to get us back up and running. Let's get back to our library here at mutinyradio.fm. So give me a moment, folks, and we'll get you going again. Remember, you can always go to mutinyradio.fm and donate. We're always looking for donations at that yellow donate button up in the upper right-hand corner. Uh, Hope to see you there. You can use a secured payment like PayPal. um, Or you can come here and support us locally by going to live shows here in San Francisco or at our location here in the Mission District. Check us out again at mutinyradio.fm. And... uh, We'll get you back here live in a second. Just anything I would say. There you go. All right, guys. We'll see you in just a few minutes with the Edge of Insanity with Paul Brumbaugh. We are still here live, guys. We'll get that going to you now. Should be going out live to you guys. Should be starting right Ma'am. now. Tastes so good, it's it's Bug House Square, it's Tuesday at 6 o'clock. Damn, that's loud, huh? <laughs> Kinda scared myself. Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man I've been hearing his name all over the land Hey, this week on Bug House Square well, Huge plans, big plans It's really super complicated so I can't get into it right now You just have to just sit back and enjoy This is Meaty Radio This is Bug House Square Welcome A vigilante man Rainy night down in the engine house Sleeping just as still as a mouse Man come along and chased us out in the rain Was that a vigilante man? Stormy days we'd pass the time away Sleeping in some good warm place Man, come along and we give him a little race Was that a vigilante man? 
preacher Casey was just a working man. And he said, unite all you working men. Killed him in the river, some strange man was that, a vigilante man. Does a vigilante man? Why does a vigilante man carry that sawed-off shotgun in his hand? Would he shoot his brother and sister down? I rambled around from town to town. I rambled around from town to town. And they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle Was that the vigilante men? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land